I'm Michelle Sims, and this is the Beauty in the Mess, a community where people who crave a shift in mindset, personal growth, and connection to like-minded people come together to start rewriting their stories. Through engaging, honest, and insightful conversations, the show will help you embrace the mess to recognize the meanings and the lessons it holds and discover its hidden treasures to help you start making a mindset shift. Let's listen, learn, and reclaim who we were meant to be. Hi, friend. Welcome to episode 11 of The Beauty and the Mess, called Sometimes the Biggest Loser is the Biggest Winner with Megan Hoffman. I'm Michelle, your host. First, I have to say, fangirl alert. I'm a huge fan of The Biggest Loser Show, and I have the utmost respect for anyone that has passed through The Biggest Loser Campus. I'm especially fond of season 18's cast. I felt we got to know them and their stories a little more than normal. Plus, they so far have been the last group to ever participate in The Biggest Loser. They had amazing transformations and they worked very hard to get them and they still look amazing. That season was also one where the show was less harsh, more focused on the mind, body, spirit transformation rather than just a physical transformation alone. So if you're listening to this episode, you're in for a very special treat. Today's special guest is Megan Hoffman from the USA's Biggest Loser. I'm a huge fan of hers as well. She was the at-home winner of the show's reboot season in 2020. She is such an inspiration. Please know that since the beginning of her weight loss journey to now, Megan has lost 150 pounds and has successfully kept it off. She is a model. She's a keynote motivational speaker, an author who primarily focuses on personal development, health and wellness, and body positivity. She has been a leader in the fitness industry for over a decade, long before her venture on The Biggest Loser. And after overcoming her own weight loss battle, she has made it her life's passion to help others break free from self-imposed limitations. She has been featured on People, E! News, USA, The Reality TV, Women's Health, PC Pop Culture, Floor 8, Blog Talk Radio, The Showbiz Cheat Sheet, Deadline, Prevention, and Semi Valley Acorn. By the way, Season 18 is still available to watch on Discovery Plus if you missed it or if you want to watch it again. So without further ado, let's dive right into today's conversation. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the Beauty and the Mess. And I'm so honored to have you join me today. You are such an inspiration, of course, to me. I've followed you all along, but to so many others as well. And first, I want to say congratulations on being the at-home winner for season 18, because that's just amazing. It really is. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) And I I probably shouldn't say this, but I almost feel like the at-home winner has to work harder than on <laughs> campus because you don't have the same support yeah it's definitely so, yeah it's a huge it's accomplishment and it doesn't get what it deserves as far as how much work I'm sure it had to have been but I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your life leading up to the biggest loser like what was going on in your world at that time absolutely so I probably should tell you that this was actually my third time auditioning for biggest loser and oh, wow. what was interesting about the timing is that I've been in the fitness industry since 2008. So I know all of the things to do. I know how to do them. I just really wasn't doing them for numerous reasons. I mean, I have always been pretty active. And so that was really not the problem. It was really just honing in consistency and then also really locking in nutrition. But I'll tell you that before this season, before I was finally on the show, I really romanticized weight loss a lot. And 
for me, a lot of the times I was like, I want to get skinny. I want to get skinny. For some reason, it's like being skinny is going to change all of my problems. Problems I didn't even realize were problems, (laughs) but I had these grand ideas. And for years and years, I internally, whether I realized it or not, I blamed a lot of lack or unfulfillment on my weight. And I didn't really realize that until I went through this really bad breakup. Oh, wow. (laughs) Probably no worse than anybody else's breakups. But for me, I was like, this is ruining my life. And I remember waking up one day thinking, I'm going to make him love me. I'm going to find a way. There's girls all the time that get guys crawling back to them. And I thought to myself, I need to make him know that I'm worthy and that I'm deserving and that I need him to know that. And I want him to feel all those things. And so I I woke up one morning, it was a Sunday morning. And I said, I'm going to become a model because, oh, wow. because guys love models and girls want to <laughs> be models. And this is going to solve all my problems. So that's what I did. I went out and I grassroots myself into becoming a model. And I ended up within a couple of months, well, probably like five months, I ended up getting my first modeling gig. And when I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a model. Like he's going to see my face everywhere. He's going to desire me. And spoiler alert, he did not even care at all. But through that process, I learned, wow, I really wanted to do this. And even though the motive was horrible, I really wanted to do it. And something inside of me ignited and was like, I wonder what else I could do if I put myself first and really, really work towards something. And so the beginning of 2019, I decided to really take my weight serious. And the first thing I did is I cleaned out my social media. So anything that was making me feel like if I look at specific accounts, if they made me feel, I don't want to say jealous, but if it didn't fuel me to my own journey, if it made me discouraged, or if all of a sudden I started comparing myself, I got rid of it. Not saying that we have things on there that we compare ourselves to, because I think a little bit of that is normal, but I wanted to get out of the mindset of, I want to be like that. And instead I am like this and really changing my mindset. So I lost 30 pounds at the beginning of the year. Wow. And I just kept desiring more change. And so I maintained that change. And then all of a sudden there was another biggest loser auditions. I started (laughs) getting all of the Instagrams and emails and I decided to take a chance on it. And I can tell you that it was probably the best timing for me because my mindset was right. For me this time, it wasn't about just going in to get skinny, but it was really about taking control and taking another big risk on myself where I felt like in order to take Biggest Loser, I had to take a risk and I had to say, okay, am I worth this risk? Cause it's a big one, <laughs> but I had a lot of peace about doing it and I did. And then I got the show. So it was really exciting. So did being a model kind of boost your confidence for going into the Biggest Loser at all? Or I would say yes. Only on the fact that I knew that I had what it takes to go after something and achieve it, if that makes sense. So I don't think it really helped me with casting, but I do think it helped me with my mindset on going after what I achieved to do on that show. That's awesome. Yeah. So many of us struggle our whole lives trying to find that confidence, honestly. It's not easy, but I'll tell you the biggest thing that has helped me with self-confidence is when I tell myself I'm going to do something, I do it because So often we're like, okay, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And then we kind of let ourselves off the hook. But what that does is it just proves that we're kind of not trustworthy to our own promises to ourselves. And in turn, I think that we go into commitments with ourselves without that confidence, knowing that I'm going to get me through this. I mean, obviously I believe in higher power. Like I believe in Jesus and I believe he's my source. So I have that, that I lean on as well. 
But I think that when we, even small things, like when we don't live up to what we say we're going to do for ourselves, I think that's where we start to have low self-esteem and low confidence because we're very quick to do anything for everybody else. We're very quick. We will exhaust ourselves for others. We will, you know what I mean? I mean, seriously, we will put ourselves at risk for anybody else, but ourselves. And that I feel like that needs to change. And when that starts to shift and you start to put yourself first and not necessarily cutting everybody else out, but when you put yourself first and you start making those promises and you start keeping them, self-esteem starts boosting. That's an amazing way to look at it because I hadn't really thought about you're proving to yourself that you're not trustworthy every time you break those promises to yourself. Yeah. Very important. It's huge because even with nutrition, at first I was like, I cannot have anything like no chips in the house. Cause I'll just house them all. Like I'll eat the whole bag of chips. They say it takes 14 to 30 days to build a habit. Well, I've been doing this journey like a long time and I could still take down the bag of chips. Like it's no <laughs> problem. So I don't know about that. Makes um, me feel yeah, no, don't worry. But you learn to trust yourself. It's okay. And sometimes do I still eat the whole bag of chips? Absolutely. It happens, but I don't do it every day. And I don't do it to numb my feelings or if I'm feeling uncomfortable, I try not to lean towards food. I try not to do those things because I know I'm kind of like stuffing emotion again and it leads to emotional eating or mindless eating and all of those things. So I really try to keep myself in check. It doesn't work every single time, but the more aware you are, the more control you have. So do you prepare for that by not having those things in the house? Or like you said, we all numb out. Those of us that have weight issues, I guess a lot of us do numb out. Mm -hmm. So how do you sit with that emotion and not, go to the food. That's the hardest thing it's hard. to me, unless it's not there. Yeah. In the beginning, it was easier for me when I didn't have the food around because there's only so many carrots you're going to eat on the honest. <laughs> or celery sticks. You know, you don't have only... to worry about overdoing the carrots. <laughs> there's only so many. I mean, I've tried. Like once I went to Vegas, I love having snacks in the car when I go on my trips and I didn't eat the whole bag of carrots, but I would have eaten a whole <laughs> bag of everything else. So there are little things that you can do like tricks, but I think to begin with, what advice I would give somebody is when you're in the midst of it, right? Let's say you grab a bag of chips and you're just pounding them, not even necessarily, maybe just slowly eating them while you're watching your show. The moment you realize what you're doing, just stop yourself for a second. If you have to pause the TV and here's the thing, it takes effort. So this isn't something that's, oh, I can just do this quickly now. It's going to take effort. It's going to take you slowing yourself down, like maybe rolling up the bag of chips for a second, pausing the TV and being like, hold on, am I hungry? Or am I just allowing myself to have a snack or am I avoiding something like what's going on right now? And I think that the more that we get comfortable in those uncomfortable moments, the easier it is to kind of dissect what's going on. And you may not know what's going on right away. You just may be like, overall, I don't feel fulfilled. Right. And so it's seeping out in all these areas of my life. There are so many different reasons it could be. And I just think that when you start acknowledging those reasons, you'll start stopping yourself as it's happening, or at least your mind will say, Hey, we're doing that thing. We're doing that thing when we're uncomfortable or when we don't feel fulfilled and it's seeping out in other ways. And your mind will slowly start to like trigger. And you'll be like, Oh, this is a trigger for me. Like I need to slow down a second and figure out what's going on. And it could be something simple. Like maybe you just got off the phone that kind of upset you, or maybe they said something that caused a little anxiety or, you know, caused you to feel unsettled. And so you're like, okay, you hang up the phone, like let's turn on the TV, let's grab my snacks or let's do, you know, whatever your routine would be that you've created for yourself. It's almost like we create these habits around feelings, right? So I feel like this and my body's like, Hey, if we eat that snack, it's going to make you feel good. 
So we know how to combat those feelings versus sitting with the feeling for a moment and being like, oh, it was actually when this person said this on the phone, it made me feel uneasy. Let's dissect it for a second and then move forward. So there's a lot of different ways, but it probably takes more effort to heal your mind and your thought process than it actually does to work out. I'm going to be very honest. I believe that. Your mind is one thing that is preventing you from getting everywhere you want to get to. I think a lot of us fall in a trap too, where we feel like we're giving ourselves a reward for whatever reason. Absolutely. It makes you feel better. Oh yeah. So at least that's what you tell yourself yes. as you're eating it. It does. It does make you feel better. I used to joke with everybody and I'd be like, I treat myself when I've been good. And I'm like, according to the scale, I've been a very good girl because I keep treating myself and the scale keeps going up. (laughs) But I think rewards are good. I think that they help instill good behavior and good habits. But I think we have to figure out how to reward ourselves outside of nutrition or food. And sometimes that can be hard. And that doesn't mean that you don't have meals that aren't necessarily totally in line with your plan or, you know what I mean? I think that balance is very important, but finding that balance is very hard. Yeah, it is. It's a struggle. (laughs) It is. is. So I, if I'm hearing you correctly, you discovered all this before the biggest loser. I mean, as far as the confidence, the self-love, self-worth. Absolutely. So that's amazing because I think of a lot of us on our journey, we're still trying to figure that out, no matter where you're at, whether you've lost the weight or you're in process or you just gave up. So that's one key I see that a lot of us are missing. I think Yeah, I'm speaking for a lot of people. I probably shouldn't. (laughs) No, Uh, listen, it's the same. I feel like you're correct in that. And I'll tell you, there were things that weren't totally addressed with me. And still I'm a hundred percent advocate for counseling. I think it's amazing. I think it helps unlock things that you wouldn't even have thought about or also validates you, which sometimes that's what we need is a little validation. But I will tell you that whatever those feelings are, whether they be insecurity or just not having the confidence, those will still be there after weight loss. And it's very strange because you would think that that would go away, but the truth is there's something else going on deeper than the weight. And I used to have this trainer, he would tell me because I worked at gym. So he was one of my employees, but he used to tell me all the time, Megan, if you woke up tomorrow at the size you wanted to be, what else would be different in your life? He's like, nothing, absolutely nothing. The only thing that changes when you lose that weight is your pant size. And to be honest, it's true. Like when you lose the weight, the only thing that changes is your body. Right. But it's all those other things that come into play that help you transform your life to what you want it to be. It's the self-discipline. It's learning to trust yourself. It's saying, hey, I'm going to do something and I'm going to keep my word to myself. All of those things build confidence. All of those things are going to say, hey, if I can achieve this little thing, then I can definitely achieve that. And it's going to make you start going towards the things you really desire. I think a lot of us desire things that we feel are like big dreams in our hearts, or maybe we don't even know how to dream or how to desire something more than what we have, but we're not content with what we have. And I think the more that we just start trusting ourselves and moving forward and taking action, the more that that shifts and the more confidence you gain and you start to become excited about life and you're not even sure why, but things are shifting in your life. But really the weight doesn't make a difference. Everything that you want and you desire, you could have right now. If you want the confidence, you can have that right now. But learning that self-respect, learning to take those steps, that's what's going to shift your mind and be able to help you think differently about who you are and yourself. And in turn, that will help you lose the weight because you'll be doing it for the right reasons. Listen, romanticizing weight loss is a big, big thing. And when I, listen, when some, if somebody were telling me you're about to lose 150 pounds, when I was 341, 
if they said, you're Megan, you're going to lose 150 pounds this year. Oh, I would have been like, Oh my God, <laughs> let me tell you all the things that's going to happen in my life. Oh my God. The clothes, how my body's going to look. My body does not look anything like I thought it would look. I have so much excess skin. I just went through my first round of skin removal actually, but I have so much excess skin. Like my body does not look like the fit toned body that I thought all this work was going to lead me to, you know, but that's the thing is if I didn't have the confidence or the self-esteem, then that would really crush me because now I'm left with a body that no matter how hard I work, I can never shift it. Right. You can't change. Yeah, you can't. So really that confidence has to come from somewhere deeper than just your appearance. You've got to get rooted in something where you know who you are as an individual and the appearance. Yes, we want to be smaller or healthier. Those things are okay. And yes, you will feel confident after that because you achieve something big. Right. But that true confidence, that's got to come from somewhere else. I love how you word that, the romance aspect of it, because I think so many of us do that. Everything is contingent on that weight loss. Yeah. I've been up and down like a yo-yo, I'll admit it. But when you get there and you're all excited for a month or two or whatever, but then you let yourself slowly flip back. And I think it's because, like you said, none of that magic stuff happens. It doesn't. Yeah. So I guess that's why we let ourselves slip. I don't know. Totally. Totally. I think there's so many, so many reasons why we do. I can tell you this though, the ups and downs are normal. So we may think, oh, I don't have consistent. Oh, I'm not good. Like the ups and downs and weight loss, that is normal because your progression will never be linear ever. Right. It will never be like, you're going to go up, you're going to go down. I can tell you from experience. I've been up since finale. I've been up a little bit. I've been way down. Then I've been up a little bit. Then I've been up a little bit more Then I've been way down. Like the journey has been up and down. The key is you don't stop. The key is if I have two weeks of eating like garbage, I'm still working out or I'm not working out, but I'm eating really good. There's balance. But the most important thing is that you never stop the journey. You just keep going. You keep pushing forward. And maybe you're in a season where you're up right now because circumstances and because maybe you made different decisions than you should have, or than you wanted to, but then you just hone it back in and you get right back to it. And I think that's the beauty is I stopped telling myself I'm starting over. Oh, I have to start over. Oh, I let myself slack for a couple of weeks. I got to start over. I stopped telling myself that because I'll never have to start over again. And nobody, nobody will ever have to start over again. We just continue on. And I think that takes away so much pressure. And I think it takes away so much burden of having to create this whole new program and this whole new, you know what I mean? This lifestyle. It's no, I'm just going to continue on to where I want to be. Right. Because I think a lot of us know the basics. I mean, less calories in, (laughs) you burn more calories. Yeah. We know all the things about weight loss. We just don't practice it on a consistent basis, at least. Yeah. And then when we get discouraged, you know, it's kind of that all or nothing mentality. Yeah. A lot of times just like, ah, forget it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. A lot of my counseling, they talk about like cognizant thought behaviors or thought processes and all or nothing is one of them where you're like, oh, that's that today. Might as well just keep eating that. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, let's just, you know. Or I already blew it. Yeah, exactly. And for me, I have an issue where if I mess up, a day or two, then I'm like, well, this week's blown. (laughs) It's almost like it takes me a little while to get back into it. But, and I say that not because I'm like, it's, it's like, oh, like, but it's true. Listen, it doesn't matter how long you're on the journey for. It's very easy to get off the journey. It's hard. It's a hard journey. And if it was easy, we would all do it and we'd all be fine. Like no big deal. But there's a reason why we're talking about it. There's a reason why there are shows about it. And there's a hundred million different diets out there that you could follow there's a reason it's because it's not easy and we need a community to help us through. And I think that's part of the overwhelm is there is so many options. You hear all these different things thrown at you all the time, the keto diet, the whatever diet, and then you kind of get 
analysis paralysis oh, where yeah. you don't know which way to go, which one works and which one's going to work for my body may be different. Yeah. And a lot of us let that discourage us totally. and totally. stop the progression. So yeah, I think that's very important. It's just yeah. keep moving, keep progressing somehow. Yeah. And try it. There was a point when I first started, <laughs> this is years ago, I first started losing weight. I was like, first I'm going to do the keto diet. Then I'm going to do like the Atkins diet. Then every two weeks I was trying something different to try to like keep myself in the game to switch it up is a really bad idea. But I can tell you that every single one of those diets worked for me. I just wasn't consistent with them. Right. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't consistent. That's why it stopped working. That's why I never got to the goal sooner. But it's funny because you don't know what's going to work for your body until you really start trying, but your body's going to tell you right away. I don't like this. You know what I mean? If you're doing keto and your body is like fatiguing all the time, it's probably because you need a little bit more carbs in your body. There's a lot of things that your body will tell you. And for people who don't understand macros, like people are, what are macros? You know what I mean? Or we all know calories in calories out, but you know, it's true. Like not all calories are the same. We know that like a sugary candy bar is not the same as like your calories from your vegetables. But at the end of the day, it's really, there's so much information out there and you can get paralysis or you can find people who are like-minded, right? right? Find people who inspire you and say, what are they doing? Let me just try. Let me try it. Right. And if that doesn't work for you, then guess what? There's 400 other ones that possibly could. <laughs> but I think the important thing is find people who did what you want to do. And that's what I did with my social media. I got rid of the junk. I said, who has done what I really want to do? Because I could follow these fit models all over the place. And oh, I want that. That's my dream body. <laughs> or I can say like Erica, Erica lost X amount of weight. She did it and she's kept it off. I'm following Erica because there's obviously something that Erica's figured out. And I think the key is you've got to find, not all of us have access to that with like the person next door, like in our communities or in our everyday life, where we have that person who's accomplished what we want to do. So I say, let's use social media for our benefit. There's so many things out there. Grab a hold of who's done what you want to do. Follow them. And I love that. Because it may not be the same route. Like there are a hundred different routes to end up at the same destination. But at least, you know, it can be done. And every day you're filling your mind with, Hey, this has been done. I can do it. I'm doing it. That's great. Really. I love the idea of cleaning up your social media as something I hadn't really thought about. Like you said, if it doesn't align to you, I mean, they may be a beautiful, small, but maybe they've been small their whole life. And that's not my journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm over here wishing like, Oh, I wish I looked like I was 25, you know? And it's like, get away from it. You know? <laughs> exactly. So what did lead you to the biggest loser then? If you were already feeling confident and self-love and I mean, you had already achieved what most of us are all trying to do probably the wrong way through weight loss, but you had already found all that. So what led you to the biggest loser? For me, the biggest thing is that I felt like, how can I help even just one person through this journey? And I thought if somebody could see me, Right. Because I was next to all these people who had incredible life stories. I mean, we had Terry, who's a pilot nurse and we have <laughs> Dolores who used to run with the president, all of these people with like incredible stories. And I'm over here. I work for the fitness industry. <laughs> I just can't get it together. You know, I just can't get my shit together. Like, you know what I mean? I just can't do it. And there's nothing unique or special about me that would be so appealing to follow my journey. And I thought there's got to be a million people out there who feel the same exact way. I was going to say, that's what makes you appealing because you're just like us. You know, I mean, We don't have this magnificent life. Yes, exactly. So I thought, you know what? One, it's like a really exciting opportunity that I had wanted for years. And two, I felt like if I could go on the show and just help one person, because I'll tell you, 
I've done a lot of speaking and teaching and I could be in a room with 10,000 people and everybody's pumped up and jazz, jazz, jazz. And you could feel the energy in the room and everybody's like, oh my gosh, we're all going to change our lives. We're so excited. People are crying, emotionally crying. I mean, all of these things, but when they leave that, when they leave the room full of all the excitement and energy, and it's just up to them, who knows, right? So getting one person to change their life out of those thousands or 10,000, that's the goal to get that one, you know, and it's very difficult. It's really easy to get somebody motivated and excited. It's really, really easy to do that. It's very hard to get them to look inside and say, I am so excited enough that I'm going to make this change and then actually make the change. That's very difficult. Right. And then even those times when you don't feel as excited or you feel down about something to be able to stick with it, knowing that you're going to get out of that time frame, things will get better if you just keep sticking to the program. Absolutely. On the show, Bob, our host, and he used to be the trainer. I was like, Bob, I want you to train me so bad. But (laughs) I mean, I loved my trainer, but Bob used to say, you have to trust the process. And with weight loss, it's interesting because you could bust your buns in the gym and really restrict yourself or go on this clean diet. And you could be in there for two weeks and not see any result on the scale. And it's like one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm putting in so much effort and seemingly no result at all. It's very slow process, but you keep doing that and doing that and doing that. Eventually your body's going to say, ah, okay. And you're going to release the weight. And it's one of those things where it really tests you because you have to keep going in order to see those results. You can't just like three days in, oh, I'm stronger. My muscles look bigger. Like my waist is bigger. Like it's not, it doesn't work like that. And so unfortunately it's like, you have to suffer. You have to suffer a little bit. Right. Or you see this transformation. And then all of a sudden you're like, I did that. I'm doing it. This is happening. So. That's amazing. I think. So was health an issue for you at all? Or did you know you were pretty healthy going into it? I'll tell you, I was nervous. I was nervous for the test because although I know that I was very active before, I was still very, very heavy and you just don't ever know. You don't know. And I never was one to run to the doctor for anything because it's a little scary. And I was worried, am I going to have diabetes? Because that was something that had been in my family before. Am I going to have something else? You know, anything because yes, you can be overweight and healthy, but at the same time, there's, there's a lot of pressure on your joints, a lot of pressure on your back. It's a lot of like your arteries. There's a lot of things that could happen because of obesity. And I was very nervous. And so I was really thankful that I didn't have anything outlining. I mean, there was some talk of sleep apnea. I have actually really large tonsils. So if I sleep on my back, especially at that point, because of how much weight I had, my tonsils would like close. Oh, wow. And so I was having a hard time breathing. Yeah, it was very, it's very weird, but now it's not so much of an issue. Like I said, recently, I just had surgery and have only been able to sleep on my back. That was interesting. (laughs) Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah, I bet. It's a huge step. Thank you. But yeah, so, you know, it's just facing things that are fearful and it's like, you got to face things head on, right? There comes a point where you're like, either I'm going to take control over my life or I'm going to continue just living how I'm living right now and being unsatisfied. And it doesn't necessarily have to do your weight. Maybe you're in a job that you're not happy with, or maybe you're in a relationship that you're like, it's okay, but I'm not fulfilled. And I think that it's in those moments that we have to make the decision of, I have to take control over my life right now and give yourself small steps. Like this week, I'm going to do one, two, and then do those two things. And they don't have to be big things. They don't. You could say, I'm going to go on one walk today and it's going to be 10 minutes. I'm just going to loop around the block or loop around my apartment, or, you know, it could be anything. But it's just taking those small steps, small action, 
is going to start propelling you. It's going to start moving everything. That's true. That's awesome. So you said that this was your third attempt at Biggest Loser. So do you know why you didn't make the first two? Did they ever give you a reason? Nope. The first time I was by myself, I ended up doing teams, I think the first time or the second time. I can't remember, but I don't, (laughs) I honestly don't. They didn't give me, they didn't give me an explanation, but in my heart, and obviously then I was like devastated. There's no reason in my heart was like so devastated, but I can tell you that now, obviously hindsight, like knowing where I was mentally going in, I can tell you that I don't know that I I would have been able to keep the weight off had I lost the weight back then, because I wasn't in the same mindset. Right. And back then I was looking for like the weight loss to magically make all of my dreams come true (laughs) when it really doesn't. And it's just one of those things where I felt, man, for a long time, I feel like I, I missed out. And then as I started developing and going to counseling and really learning more and really, really, really trying to identify like where I was and just being content and happy with who I am that's when everything started shifting. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm really thankful. I thank God every day that that was the season I got on because it was the perfect timing. I was going to say, it almost sounds like divine timing because a hundred percent because you were delayed and you learned all these things. Yes. Yes. And I think that that is something too, that I would hopefully inspire or, or even just give somebody a little bit of peace of mind is that just because something is not happening right now, does not mean that it won't happen. And that's bitter to hear that when you're in the moment, you're like, Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> but really grab onto the piece of that, knowing that you're not prematurely going into something that you won't be able to sustain. And potentially there could be something way better lined up right after, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you have to trust the timing when you're trying to make these big decisions and take these big risks, you have to trust the timing with it. Yeah. That's excellent advice. That's a lot of us. We, like you said, you live in the moment and you don't look beyond that. Like maybe this is preparing me for something else, you know? Yeah. So that's very important to consider. So once you get selected for this season, what emotions are, I mean, I'm sure happiness and you're thrilled, but I would also be feeling fear. (laughs) It's like afraid I couldn't do it. Well, yes. Obviously I was in the room with the other contestants when they told us that we were the new contestants, you know, the relaunch contestants. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm looking around the room. Like, oh my gosh, these people are strong. They're strong and they want this so bad. And I hope I want this just as bad. I kept thinking, well, I know what to do. I know what to do, but it's a lot different knowing what to do. And then getting in the situation where you're going to have to do it every single day over and over and over. And I can tell you that what I love the most about our season is that even though we're red and blue teams separated, kind of competing against each other, We were also close. We're also mixed. I roomed with Christy and she was in the red team and Kimmy and Kat and they were red and blue. So it was so cool to see how much we all supported ourselves, supported each other. And one thing that you didn't get to see on the show, which I thought was kind of a bummer, but probably everybody's like, okay, crybabies, but (laughs) every time there was a weigh in, all of us would cry, Uh. all of us. So we're all standing there crying, 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 trying to keep it together because we know somebody's going home. Oh, wow. And it was so hard for us because we had bonded so quickly. And so it was almost like you had this family supporting you nonstop. And I mean, we would stay up all night talking. We are exhausted, obviously, because you didn't know what was happening the next day. It's like, what are we doing? I don't know. We're nervous. But, and you never knew what the challenges were. We didn't get to know those things ahead of time. So it's literally like all of those things that you guys got to experience for the first time, we were experiencing for the first time as well. So 
it was very unique, but I'm, I really feel fortunate because I know that other seasons, whether how real it was or not, I don't know, but other seasons, you could see a lot of people kind of butting heads or scheming or planning team against team. And that wasn't our team. Our team was everybody up in the morning. We're all going for the walk. Oh, wow. Everybody all worked together to make sure that we were all fighting. And I think it's because we all just wanted each other to succeed so badly. Like knowing being in a room with people who understand the same desire as you, I really want to lose weight and haven't been able to do it my whole life. Being in the same room with people who have that deep desire and also the understanding of that pain of knowing I've tried for this so many times and been unsuccessful. There's something unique about that experience because all of a sudden everybody has this hope again. And you have it for not only yourself, but others. Like when Jim and I weighed in together and I ended up going home that night, I wasn't upset. I wasn't like, damn, Jim, wish he would have lost those pounds. Like Jim worked his buns off and he deserves the weight that he just lost. He deserves that. And so it was just such a unique experience because you're going through your own, but you're also just as much invested as everybody else. I think you could kind of sense that because I followed Biggest Loser for quite a while, but you could sense that this one was different as far as. Yeah, I wasn't sure from team to team, yeah. but definitely the blue team and the red team. So it's great to hear that it was across. And I was going to ask, it seemed like they're kind of a family. Oh, yeah. Like you created a kind of family. So do you keep in touch with everybody? Absolutely do. Yes. Oh, wow. We have one big chat and we're all in there all the time constantly. And we pick each other on the sides. I just actually saw Kat and Christy came out in February and then... I actually had my surgery in Florida. So I got to see Christy. I stayed with her throughout my surgery. I'll be back there in December. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's very cool. We're very close. So definitely, definitely have made a family for life with them, which very unfortunate for. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like a built-in support group too. So that's amazing. Yes. yes. <laughs> you yes. all have this shared journey now. So cool. It, yes. Yes. And it's different. It's not like, I I used to tell my friends, like, this isn't just, I'm telling all the people that I work with, I'm going to lose weight or, you know, like I'm bonding with like having all my church friends pray for me. This is like, no, no, no. Like I went on a national TV show. These people are, (laughs) there's a different level of accountability, but at the same time, there's so much support. I've gotten so much support. And then there's obviously people who did not want me to win. (laughs) We're very upset about that. (laughs) Um, Uh. You mean people who were watching yes, the show? Yes. Aww. It's funny because I, I watch the show now and I'm like, oh yeah, I did look upset all the time. I have this weird straight mean or weird face zoned out all the time. I was like, okay, okay. I can see why they thought that. <laughs> They're like, oh, she's mean. I'm like, no, it's just because I yelled at Steve one time. <laughs> <laughs> but she had every reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, everybody agreed with me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what was your biggest takeaway from the campus then? What do you think that Biggest Loser taught you that you hadn't already learned on your own? Well, I think that, and this is going to probably sound very odd, but the night that I got sent home, I think that obviously it was ball. I mean, I cried, cried, cried. I've never cried so hard probably in my whole life. But the next day I woke up and I thought, okay, Megan, the cameras aren't here anymore. Nobody, there's nobody watching all the time. There's nobody telling you when you have to get up or what exercises you're going to be doing today. It's, it's on you. So what are you going to choose to do? And I think something that Biggest Loser taught me is that I can do this for myself and I can always choose myself and taking that risk to give everything up just to fight for this one thing that I've wanted my entire life was absolutely worth it. And I'm worth the fight. I am constantly, constantly reminding myself, you are worth this fight. You are worth this struggle. You are worth this. And so I can say the night that I was eliminated was probably the most impactful night of my life because it taught me that no matter what happens, I'm still able to wake up the next day and keep fighting for myself. 
And that, and that had to be so hard because like you said, you bust your rear end and then for whatever reason, your body doesn't give up the weight that week. Yeah. And it's just that simple, but well, then you're gone. I try to play it over my head. I was like, I was always one or two on the scoreboard. I had never, ever, I was never even close to the bottom line. So I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> exactly. So it had to be a shock. It was totally a shock. So when you first got home, are you thinking I work so hard, I'm not going to mess this up? Or are you thinking, Hey, I'm home. I can have a cheat day or cheat week or. Yeah. Because I remember like seeing they followed Micah home or somebody and he had bounced up like eight pounds and then he went back down in between the time he left and the time the trainer went to see him. And and so you wonder if when people go home, if they go a little crazy at first and then they get back on track. Yeah. It's very easy. It's very easy to do that. I did not do that. That's great. Because we all talked about, oh, when I get home, (laughs) I'm going to have the cherry pie or we're dreaming about all these foods that we miss so badly. But I didn't do that. I was so sad. And I just thought when I got home, it was very quiet. And I had my phone. You know, we don't have our phones the whole time we're there. Oh, I didn't know that. I got my phone back and I'm like, this is so weird. I can text people. It was so strange. But I got home, went to sleep, woke up and I thought, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this now? And so I ended up um, driving to Las Vegas where my family, my mom and my brother and my nephew lived. And my brother woke up with me every morning and he walked with me. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) I'm I'm emotional. I don't blame you. Yeah. I had that support and he walked with me and we prayed and they were there, even though they weren't physically able to be there all the whole time. When I got sent home, they were there and they were, my mom and my brother were the reasons and my nephew were the reasons why I was able to keep locked in. And I stayed there. I only stayed there for a week because I wanted to come back here. I have my own trainer here. He works at Complete Performance Center. His name is Ryan and he's been helping me since the beginning, (laughs) since the beginning of 2019 actually. But I knew I needed to get back and I needed to really set myself up so that I was working out literally all day long. And that's what I did. So I took their love and their support and regrouped for that week and then came home and just fought every single day. Thanksgiving, I remember pouring rain and I'm like, I'm not coming home for Thanksgiving because when I travel, when I drive so far, my body, for some reason, just swells up. I get a lot of retention. So I'm like, I can't do that because I can't afford the pounds on the scale. (laughs) So I was like, I'll see you after finale. So your focus at that point was I'm going to win this at home thing, right? That's pretty awesome. I sat with one of my friends. I had a few few really close friends who helped me through the time. One would walk with me. One would ride with me. One would, you know what I mean? It was like, everybody's pitching in on help. They're good. I can't do workouts alone. All these workouts alone. But I had this gentleman, his name was Mike Mitchell. And he sat me down. He said, Megan, picture yourself in the room with nine other people and you're all working, but only one of you is getting paid. He's like, make that person you. (laughs) I was like, okay. So I just had a lot of people have a sit down talks with me, but listen, at the end of the day, we all worked really, really hard. Oh yeah. And because weight loss is so unpredictable, who knows, right? It's where it's going to fall. We all worked really, really hard. Oh, you all looked fabulous. The transformations on that show are just unbelievable. And of course, yeah, it goes faster for us. I think sitting at home, but it's amazing. And I think that's why it inspires people because you're like, wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. And you can like dream. I want a transformation. Exactly. I'll tell you though, too, our season was more holistic approach. So we weren't doing things that like the horror things that we've heard, like dehydration and all of those things. We weren't doing those things. They made sure we were hydrated. If you were not hydrated, you could not weigh in until you had had enough water until you were hydrated. 
And you never want to, who wants to drink a bunch of water before they get on the scale? You know what I mean? No one. <laughs> exactly. So they did the mind, the body yep. and the spirit, I'm assuming, or so that's what it was about. So do you feel like they prepped you well mentally, or do you feel like you had done most of that, what they taught you already? Both. Both. I'd say. Both. Okay. Yeah. I learned a lot. We had a psychiatrist on the show and she was phenomenal. I still talk to her to this day, a therapist. She is amazing. And she has such a unique way of just breaking things down for you and kind of, I don't want to say spankings because that sounds like enough, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Sometimes she's like, Hey Megan, doesn't this seem like idolizing? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, isn't that what you're doing? Oh, it is like, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> she has a way of kind of like helping you see your thought process and how it can be shifted and changed. And I'm so thankful for her and everything that they provided. And obviously thanks to the show because she was there and that's how I met her. So lifelong friends, our athletic trainers, absolutely. They're the ones that help tape us up when our real trainers break us. We like to pretend. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Steve. I blew up my quad again. <laughs> but you know what? They're always there. She's there all the time. She actually just released a book, Kelly. Her name is Kelly, but just incredible, like incredible team of people to teach you things that it's like, you. we all know how to lose weight, right? Right. I mean, you know, the basics at least. The basics, right? Calories in, calories out. Even though that's not necessarily always, there's hormones, there's a lot of things that come into play. But the basics are nutrition and movement. But how to put it into play every day. Exactly. How to keep yourself consistent every day and make it new every day. I mean, I'm a creature of habit, so I could eat the same thing every day and be fine. <laughs> but if you teach, hey, there's actually exciting recipes out there that fit into your meal plan or fit into your macros that you'd actually really enjoy if you don't want to have your taco salad every day, you know, cause I'm like ground turkey on my lettuce. <laughs> you know what I mean? So do you experiment like Megan, the chef? I mean, listen, I, it's like, I, I would love for that girl to be me, but she's not. I mean, I just tried to make protein balls on like my protein powder with some peanut butter and I'm flaxseed meal, but they're just, they are, my boyfriend was like, they're so dry. He's like, maybe it's the peanut butter. You know, it's like drying my mouth. I'm like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's my fault. Maybe it's the peanut butter. <laughs> but I try, but it's like, hmm, it's really not like, maybe, maybe one day, right? I'll get better or I'll have a desire to be better, but it's really not my forte. And I think that hopefully it inspires somebody else out there who's like, oh, okay, I can't be healthy and not have to cook my meals, <laughs> cook, cook like, <laughs> these elaborate meals, right? I do like to make a lot of things at home, but it's very basic, very, very basic. Wow. I mean, that's neat. It's, it's, I was just thinking it's such a blessing that you don't crave variety that much. And, you know, if, if you don't, you know what I mean? It is. Yeah. And I'm not an experimenter either. So I have certain meals I make yeah. periodically, but, and try to make them healthier. I mean, I do yeah. do that, but that's about the extent. <laughs> I think that's what it is, right? It's just about tweaking things. I wasn't a huge pasta eater, but I found these, they're called healthy noodles. I think they're like a soy based noodle for the whole packet. It's 120, 120 calories, maybe eight carbs outside of the macros. I don't feel tired or heavy after I eat them. So now I have an option to be like, I can have pasta. You know what I mean? Different things too. When you start cutting things out, not necessarily an elimination diet, but when you start kind of trimming down and then slowly adding things back, your body will tell you if it likes it or not. Like rice, I love rice, but I'm so sleepy every time I eat it. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, tired. Brown rice, all of it, all of it does it to me. So just your body just is different. It'll tell you different things. And then you're kind of like, I don't really want to feel tired. Now with chips, I'll feel tired, but I'll still eat them because I love them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we're programmed to so love just, chips or something. Yeah. Like the snacks. 
my friend's like, oh, I'd much like, cause I'm like, Ooh, a treat. I need a treat. And she's like, I'd rather have something salty. I'm like, or that I'm not discriminating. <laughs> so what do you think the key as far as the losing weight part it has been for you? Is it the macros or just the consistency or meal prep? Or what do you think? All the above? <laughs> Hands down is consistency. Yeah. But consistency over anything else. I think the more you're consistent with whatever it is you're doing, the more result you're going to see, because you'll never know if you just start doing something and you stop and you start something else and you stop, you're never going to know what could really transpire from it. So consistency, I think, and just trusting the process, this is going to take a little bit of time, but a little here and a little here and a little here and a little here adds up to what you want it to be. So just really, really, really got to trust that process. That's the hard part. I think is learning to just breathe and keep going. (laughs) Yeah, I know because it's easy. It's like, listen, you'll work out in the morning or work out in the evening. And then you've eaten all good all day. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, and then you feel like you just spoiled everything because you just had a snack or a treat or, you know, whatever. But I'll tell you that, you know, find a rhythm that works for you, find it. And if you end up having like treats or you end up having something that you feel was off plan, Find the other wins in the day, right? So that's one we could say it's a loss or it's a negative or it's something we didn't want or didn't plan. Okay, but I did one, two, three, four, five things that were awesome. So now I'm gonna stop reflecting and stop dwelling on the one thing I did wrong or the one thing I felt I did wrong. And I'm gonna be like, nope, I did X, Y, and Z today. It was actually a really good day starting tomorrow. Boop, maybe I won't do that other thing because it made me feel kind of not good about myself. So you know what I mean? But the key is to find those wins, find those victories every day if you have to, because it's literally like you have to take it day by day, step by step. I tell people all the time, it's one pound at a time. It's one pound at a time. And if you lost one, you can lose one more and then you could lose one more. And it's just, you. it's like a game of inches, you know, you, it's slow and steady. Right. And I think, you know, we are from a survival frame, you know, we're kind of programmed to focus on the negative. Yes. So like you said, awareness is key. And if you stop focusing on the negative and you start directing yourself towards, look at everything I did right instead of a few things I did wrong. Yes. It could make a big difference. Yeah. And it sounds like support's a big issue too. Huge. It's huge. And some people are like, I don't have anybody around me that supports me. And that's why I'm like, then clean up your social media and find those people who you can comment on their post or, you know what I mean? Find groups on Facebook. There's tons of groups, weight loss groups tons of them join a group join somebody like you're not going to like everybody in the group you're going to be annoyed by somebody (laughs) but you may find one person who you could get along with or one person who will partner with you or just encourage you and I would encourage everybody either have a journal I prefer handwritten some type of daily planner or in your phone just log throughout the day log how you're feeling if you start feeling miserable you start log all these things I journal the other day everyone's like what are you journaling I'm like just what happened today oh today I woke up it's really boring but the truth is that it helps me it helps me process and I don't carry all those thoughts around my head I'm not sitting here dwelling on them I've released it and also you can see patterns I found a lot of patterns with myself seasonal patterns as well like last September I felt the same exact way maybe something's going on I need to pay attention to you know just jot it down oh wow So you actually go back and read your old journals all the time? I do because, and not all the time, but sometimes I'm like, Hey, I think that I just felt this way recently or, uh, and I'll go back and start looking. What was I doing last year at this time? I was doing really well last year. What was I doing? What was I thinking about? What was I, what were my days like? And I'll go back and look because maybe I can start to program myself to do that again or mimic what I was doing before. And it helps. I'm also like a journal fanatic and I have all the pens you can ever imagine, but <laughs> I love even a planner, like just having a daily planner and you can just jot things down. Like today I did X, Y, and Z called this person did that. You know what I mean? Because you go back and you're like, Oh, okay. So 
when I was doing really well, here's what my system looked like. Right. And then, oh, this one thing happened, put a bump in the road. And I've been kind of like doing wheelies ever since, not really getting my bearings. So let me try to go back to this type of routine. And listen, sometimes what worked for you in the past won't work now. But if you just sit in it for a second, you'll find your rhythm again. But you just got to keep one one foot in front of the other. Always just keep pushing forward. So do you journal what you eat also? Sometimes. Like my fitness pal or something like that? I used to a lot, but now I'm to the point where I can, if I see something, I can pretty much eyeball the macros in it, which is <laughs> probably really dysfunctional, actually, if you think about it. But now I feel like I, I don't want to say that I trust myself enough because yes and no, but I feel like now I'm on a routine where I kind of know what's, I don't want to say safe either because every food is safe, but I know what will fuel me properly. I know what will make me feel the best. And I know when to eat it to feel the best, if that makes sense. I've kind of learned my body and I've learned what foods make me feel good. I've learned what foods that I will lose my shit on and just eat it all. I've learned, (laughs) I know all of those things, right? If I buy this, like these crackers and and I'll buy things like intentionally with that in mind. Like if I'm going to buy some crackers, I buy certain crackers because if I eat through the whole box, it's only 300 calories. You know what I mean? I'm like, I can handle that. And so it's like, I trust myself, but not, you know, but also I know myself. (laughs) You're setting yourself up for success. (laughs) Yes. And I, I talked to my counselor about this before where I was like, I feel really bad because I really wanted like this treat or I don't know, it was like a brownie something. Right. And I bought the brownie and then I bought some chips and then I had a little bit of it. And then I threw the rest of it away. And I was like, oh, that's so dysfunctional. And she's actually like, actually, no, that's setting a boundary. That's saying I've had enough to satisfy, but now I'm going to get rid of it so that I don't overindulge. And to me, I'm like, oh, this is dysfunctional, like buying, eating, and it throw it away. But, and obviously I give, I give a lot of, I'll buy stuff and I'm like, here, send my boyfriend home with all the stuff. But I think it's like learning to just trust yourself in these situations. And there will be times where you will overindulge or there will be weeks where you're like, gosh, I'm so off, but that's okay. You're continuing on the journey. That's part of the journey. If you don't experience those times, I worry that eventually you'll hit such a roadblock that you won't know how to overcome that. But if you're hitting these blocks and kind of like stumbling back a little bit and then learning how to get up again and keep going, and you're going to always be consistently moving forward. And I think that's really important is like, maybe you've lost this 15 pounds or this 20 pounds four or five different times. Well, okay. We're going to do it six times. We're going to do it seven times. We're going to keep going because I'll tell, I tell everybody like, I have tried to lose weight probably a million times. I mean, a lot, that's probably exaggeration, <laughs> but a lot, right? Like I'm, right with you. <laughs> I'm 38, I'm 38 and I've been heavy since middle school. So since middle school, I have been trying to lose weight, trying, trying, trying. So imagine trying to do something for how many years and never being successful. You're like, okay, so why am I even trying again? It seems like, yeah. But the truth is maybe this next time that you try, it'll actually happen. It'll actually click. And you're like, aha, I've arrived at the moment I'm supposed to be at for this to actually transpire. Right. And that's why I tell you, who cares? Who cares if you've tried this a million, a million trillion times, you're going to try one more. You're going to try one more. The point is you don't ever stop. You just keep going. You just keep going. And I think that the maintenance part of it is even more difficult than the initial weight loss. And times like I have health reasons that I know I need to lose the weight and keep it off. And yet I still struggle, you know, and and then you get to the point where you're like, man, should I even try? Because I know where this is going to end up. And yeah, but you know, you have to. So you do. It's the constant balancing act. (laughs) It really is the maintenance part. I'll tell you, I think it's a struggle for me for two reasons. And maybe this resonates with somebody (laughs) one, because you thought once you arrived, you're there (laughs) and you're like, well, okay, I made it like, 
Now I just co-snort. Even if it's for 10 minutes. Yeah. But it's not, that's not the case. Right. So you're like, oh, okay. So that like all that work has to just continue. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why they say, oh, it's a lifestyle. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but it's true. There's this thought of once I hit the weight, then I can just kind of maintenance. And you think maintenance is easy breezy. But the truth is, is what got you to that weight is what's going to maintain that weight. So you've got to keep up the same type of routine. Now you may switch different things. Maybe you don't have to go, you know, maybe you don't like, maybe you change your macros. Maybe your maintenance phase includes you increasing your calories or decreasing a little bit of movement, but no matter what this, this is the game. You have to continually put forth the effort. And that's the thing is it's so easy to just be like, I'm exhausted. Right. I'm exhausted and it's not working. <laughs> and then you always get the people saying, Oh, have a little of this. It won't hurt anything. A little won't hurt. Mm-hmm. And you start slowly sliding, yeah, sliding back if you're not careful. So easy to do. The hardest thing for me was telling people no. And then also asking for help. I would say, sorry, people would tell me all the time, oh, you can have a little of this or you can have a little of that. Or I had a lot of friends who all of a sudden were like diet experts. And they're like, you should be eating all these small meals all day long, or you should be doing intermittent fasting, or you should be doing, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to find what works for me. But it's true. It's like the hard part is like tuning out the noise and really just saying, what do I want? Yes. If I want a bite of that or a piece of that, okay, that's fine. I can have that. Now, do I want to like devour it and feel bad afterwards? No, I don't want to do that. For me, for things like Thanksgiving is a big deal, right? People, we love to celebrate with food. Everybody, I mean, food, food, right. But it's for Thanksgiving it's like year after year. I'm like, man, I hate that. I feel like I work so hard and then I get mental Thanksgiving day and I feel like I need to like, I'm making up for all the food I didn't eat. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm making up for all those things. Exactly. But this last year I said to myself, why don't you just try to not do that? Why don't you just enjoy yourself and have everything that you want? You want fudge, eat some fudge, but maybe you don't have to have a hundred pieces of fudge. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But it, because I think what happens is that we think in our minds, this is our one opportunity to have it. And then we overindulge on it. Right. You go crazy. And that's like the danger. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's important to allow those things If you like it, allow it in your life, allow it to be a part of your daily or weekly routine, whatever it may be, because otherwise it's scarce. And then when you get it, you're like a kid that's like hoarding, you know, you're like, oh, we never get soda at my house. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you're like drinking all the soda. I think that's key too, is to have it at someone else's house. (laughs) So then you don't have to have all the, the leftovers. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I love making fudge, but I'm like, oh, but then you're like, I'm licking the spoon. I'm like, after everything's scraped out, I'm like scraping the thing. And I'm like, I've probably had 20 pieces just by what I've scraped up. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you say you ask for help every day. What do you, if you don't mind me asking, what do you ask for help with? What are you referring to? A couple different things. Sometimes it's hard for me to be like, oh, I'm going to get up and go for a ride again today or go for another walk. Like, hmm. so for me, I know it's important. I know mentally I'll feel better once I do it, but getting there is hard. So I'll text one of my friends and be like, Hey, you want to go for a walk tonight? Like, Hey, um, I really need help right now. Hey, I'm struggling with this. Are you able to go for a walk with me this week at all? I'll set plans with somebody else to get moving to have that accountability. Or I'll just be like, Hey, can we check in? Can you check in? Can we check in on each other and just be like, Hey, how are you doing? Just so that I have that level of accountability knowing, Oh, I know Emily's going to message me in a couple of days and I better be on it. Otherwise I'm going to be like, Oh, Emily, you know me, you know? So, (laughs) but I think asking for help can look so different in a lot of different ways. Like maybe somebody is like, Hey, can you help me learn how to cook this meal or a different meal or help me, you know what I mean? Or help me get my mindset right. Or a lot of people, which is very odd in my mind. Well, I thought it was gonna be different. 
the number one question I've been asked secretly in public is like, how'd you lose the weight? What are your macros? What do your workouts look like? And my private DMs, the biggest question to me is how did you learn to love yourself being overweight? Because I just haven't been able to do it. And I think to me, that breaks my heart because I'm like, oof, like everybody deserves to feel like they're worthy. Everybody deserves to feel like they love themselves and they have confidence in themselves and who they are. And so for me, I feel asking for help could even be like, Hey, could you remind me? What are the things that you see in me? And these are uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. It's uncomfortable for your friend to be like, can you tell me the good things about myself? But the thing is, the more that we get comfortable hearing the positive about ourselves, the more foreign those negative thoughts are going to be. And when we'll start being like, Hey, that's not who I am. And we disassociate that with ourselves. Like, Oh, I'm a quitter. No, actually I'm not a quitter today. I decided to rest. Right. I'm resting. I'm not quitting. I'm resting. Oh, you know, you failed again. You've been off the diet for a week or two weeks. You're gaining all your way back. No, I'm actually not getting all my way back. I'm on a lull right now. And I'm about to pick it up. You start to realize, no, that's not who I am. Right. And it builds that confidence, but sometimes we need others to help lift us up. Right. And I think you just hit another key too, is that we can't accept the little thoughts that go through our head. You can't just accept it as truth. I mean, you have to question it and say, where is this coming from? Is it true? Yeah. yeah. Because we say a lot of negative yep. things to ourselves. Constantly. <laughs> I was writing, I'm sorry, I'm taking up all your time, but I was writing. No, no, I love it. I was in a cycle class. Well, th- I've been working out again for the last, this is my fourth week back from surgery. So things have been very different than before. And I'm like, I always like to be number one on the scoreboard or I like to be working on something and <laughs> I'm all I'm not competitive at all. But so coming back has been different. And I started to get very discouraged this week, feeling like every time I sat down, if we're up on a song, we're supposed to be up climbing and I'd have to sit down. And I'm like, man, you're quitting on yourself. Get back up, get back up. And then it was all of a sudden like, no, you're not. It was like clear as day. It was like, you're not quitting. Quitting is getting off the bike and walking out the door and never coming back. That's quitting. Quitting is whatever you're doing right now. You just stop and you never go back to it. But what I'm doing right now is I'm finding a way to keep going. And right now for me, keeping going means I have to sit for a little while. I have to sit a little bit more than what I'm used to. But sitting means that I'm still trying. Sitting means that I refuse to get off the bike and walk out the door. It means I'm going to get through this however I can or however I have to right now. And yes, what I did before isn't working for me right now. And where I wish I was isn't working for me right now. But sitting means I found a way for right now to keep pushing through. And so I feel like for so many people, it's like if we're not where we were before, it's almost this discouraging weight on our shoulders. Or if we can't see how to get where we want to go, it also feels discouraging because it kind of seems like a quantum leap from where I am to where I want to be. But the truth is, is you've got to find a simple way to do it right now with what you have. And whether, you know, if it's for working out or exercise, like a walk, if you can't walk, okay, what can you do? Can we move our arms? Can we do, you know, like we're going to find a way, even may seem small and it may seem that it's not worthwhile or worth anything. But that is actually exactly what is worth it. And that exactly is what will transfer you from where you are now to where you want to be is making those very small steps. I agree. And it's just keep yourself going in the right direction. Yeah. And and for you, yeah. you have to allow yourself time to heal, I'm sure. So yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Megan, you have a very good reason to rest. Yes. But after surgery, I was eating. I had chocolate cake ordered. Oh, I was just like love and life. You had chocolate cake ordered? Oh, I had them delivered <laughs> to the house. I was like, chocolate cake's coming tonight. It's like you're on medication. You have to like to eat like normal with it. And I'm just like, oh, but you know, I had my protein shake in the morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what's a little chocolate cake? Yeah, I know. What's a little so like, by myself? <laughs> 
But I'll tell you, yeah, I could sit back and be like, oh, I gained some weight from surgery from, you know, because I couldn't really move. Like it wasn't like going for walks and stuff. And I just was eating ice cream and <laughs> and chocolate cake. And I'm like, but you know what? It's okay. That doesn't mean that I quit or that I failed or that I'm not deserving or I'm an imposter. What that means is that was the season I got surgery and I was laying down and I ate some cake and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's nothing. And then guess what? Now I'm able to move. I'm moving. I'm back on track, like with my nutrition, all of those things. And it's like, it's funny is because that's what came into play is, oh, you have to start all over now. And it's like, no, I don't. I'm just continuing on. This is a different season. I have my next surgery in December. I'm probably going to do things a little bit differently knowing where I was last time. And now it's not my first surgery. So I know what to expect and all of those things. So yeah, I will probably do things differently. But if I hated myself and I was so down on myself for what I did before, the actions that I took or that chocolate cake, I probably would be in a horrible mindset right now, still trying to get myself out of that funk versus being like, I'm going to excuse myself. Okay. It happens. Sometimes it may happen for a day or two. Sometimes it could be a month. We don't know. Right. But the truth is, is we all have the capabilities of just turning it around. We just have to make the decision that we just want to continue on now with the path that we want to take. Right. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard like when you mix it up and you do eat a little more different calories than you normally eat, but then you go back, I mean, that change helps spur your body to let go of some more weight sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. 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 When I first started losing weight, there were times where I wouldn't drop anything in a week and a half. And then I'm like, eh, and I'd have Taco Bell and I'm down three pounds the next day, you know, but we're like, oh, Taco Bell helps me lose. But the truth is, is we never know where our bodies are at. Right. But knowing that you're being consistent with movement, knowing that you're being consistent with nutrition, your body is going to shed it, but it has to do it in its own time. And so I wish I could say, yes. A healthy weight loss is one to two pounds a week, but will you hit that every week? I don't know. I would hope that you do because I know it's discouraging when you don't. Right. But for the last three weeks, I haven't lost one pound, not one. And I've been eating really good and I've been hitting my workouts. So it's like, okay, so what do I do now? Do I just be like, well, back to the chocolate cake, go back to laying down all day. Or do I just say, I know this dirty trick of the devil, right? Where it's like discouragement comes in. But I also know what happens when you keep pushing through and you keep being consistent and eventually the weight's going to come off. So that's your choice, right? Your choice is, am I going to just let what the scale says stop me from all this hard work that I've been doing? Or am I going to say, hey, you know what? I actually feel better doing this hard work. Right. I feel more confident when I'm doing the hard work. So who cares what the scale says? Because I'm feeling better about myself. Like I'm going to keep going, keep going. That's great. So prior to the surgery, what was your total weight loss? Or even now? Yeah, my total weight loss has been 150. Wow. That's phenomenal. But that was before Biggest Loser. So my highest weight was 341. Wow. And then when I was on Biggest Loser, I was 290. So I'd already lost. And then I got down to 207 and then continued to lose a little more. You were down to 207. What? I'm sorry. It faded out. For finale. Okay. For my finale. Okay. Wow. So And continue to lose a little bit more. So, and then, you know, all surgery and my chocolate cake. So <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, give me back. So do you ever try to visualize that 150 pounds? I mean, to say I, you know, like a yeah. person, really, I lost that person over there. I lost a person. Yeah. It's funny because in my mind, it's like, oh, you gained, you're gaining all your weight back. And I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my gosh, I look, I feel like I look like I did when I first started Biggest Loser. Like it's like your mind. Still? You have that now? Oh yeah. I've got bad body dysmorphia, but it's funny because it's like, in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 Megan. Like you would have to gain another 130 pounds for you to be that way. You know what I mean? Right. So I have to stop myself and be like, it doesn't matter what your eyes are seeing. 
and your brain's like, oh, I feel like I look the same. You're not the same. So it doesn't matter what you think you see. But yeah, especially because I have a lot of excess skin, it's hard for me to know what does my body even really look like? What have I worked so hard for? I can't even tell with all the, because I have a tremendous amount of excess skin. So, but slowly and surely we're getting rid of that. That's awesome. Mostly because it causes armpit. It was like a lot of rashing, a lot of, you know what I mean? Like it was more discomfort than looks, I would say. Right. Um, it does help to have it removed and being like, oh, like I could see my tricep muscle. All those workouts, <laughs> I can see what, what they were all about. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you are. <laughs> I think it's amazing. And I'm happy for you that you're finally getting to that point where. Yes. You're seeing the results yes. in more ways than one. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. I just, one last thing to tell you is I feel that I didn't know how I was going to be able to lose weight. I didn't know what it was going to take for me to finally click. I'd been trying for years and years. And I also didn't know how I was going to have surgery because I'm petrified of being put to sleep. Oh, wow. I got off an operating table in 2020 because I couldn't go through with it. Oh, wow. And. I'll tell you that both times and not just these two times, but these are pretty big, significant moments. I think are, are big moments, but both times I feel like God's provided a way just unique, uniquely for me. Right. Right. Like biggest loser. I felt like we came back for one season. I don't know if there's going to be more, but right now it doesn't look like it. So we came back for one season, like uniquely, perfectly timing for me, right? Like that divine timing said, and then the surgery that I had was with a woman in Florida who um, it, this will also be a show, but it won't be aired until April. So I can't like talk about <laughs> it that much, but she actually does what's called awake surgery. So I was awake the entire time. Oh my. Actually, Christy from um, Biggest Loser, Christy, she was in the room with me. So she's there with me. We're talking, laughing, filming and stuff. Oh, wow. All that to say, no matter what you feel like your circumstances are limiting, whatever you feel like is putting you in a box or limiting you from moving forward, God's got a way for you specifically designed just for you in ways that you may never even know about. Just all that to say, if you have a desire for something, God has the direction, right? God has the path. God has a way. So for me, it was like continuing believing. Okay, God, I know you're gonna do this. I don't know how, but I know you will. And I'm taking steps. Right. Like I'm looking for surgeons. I'm doing what I know to do. And then he just comes in like a flood, boom, messing everything up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, he does. It feels like that sometimes. I'm like, oh, okay, Lord, just gonna blow through my life. But you know what? He sweeps in with something incredible that you never could have imagined. And that comes back to the whole like when you feel like you're in that place of denial where you've been denied something or you feel like you're failing at something like that's the glory in it because that's when he comes and shows up and really is able to move and unlock things for you that you would not have been able to do yourself. Like I never in a million years would have been able to be like, oh, I'm having surgery with the woman who keeps me awake. You know what I mean? Like I never would have known that that even existed. I didn't even know that was. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I didn't know, but it's pretty common. And it's so cool to see, wow, I couldn't have painted a better picture for myself. You know what I mean? It's really that like trust and knowing he's got a plan and I'm going to trust him that he's going to come through and I'm going to do what I can in my power to get there. And a lot of times we fail, right? We're like, okay, God, I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to trust that you're going to help me lose this weight. But the glory is maybe he's the one helping you get up every day, you know, (laughs) like to work out. Right. But it's like, even in the days we don't, right. And we fail. He is so good that he shows up no matter what, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's incredible to me. And I feel it would not be appropriate to not give honor to him in my situation in my life because he is the reason why everything has come together, why I've been able to get tons of healing mentally and spiritually, why I have moved forward and been able to maintain most of my weight loss. All of those things I have to give credit. I feel like it's because there's this constant relationship of me trusting him and him guiding me and never feeling like the things I desire are petty or little or 
stupid. He's always there listening, even when I don't think he is. And then something will happen. And I'm like, there he is always showing up. There he is. So I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I wish more people gave the glory to God, actually. So I think it's beautiful that you took the time to do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) Today, you didn't say thank you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He's not like that, but. Uh, So as we wrap up, are there places you want people to be able to find you, connect to you? I think the best way is my Instagram, which is at I am Hoppy. It's just the easiest, easiest way. And, you know, please message me. It may take me a little bit to get to you, but I promise that I will. Yeah. I think that's the best way and whatever, like okay. advice just to say hi, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us today. Of course. Thank you. It's truly an honor. And I love your energy. You have yeah. such a beautiful energy about thank you. you so, so much. I appreciate you asking. Honestly, when I saw the message, I was like, oh my gosh, of course, of course I will help. Of course. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever could help, maybe even just one, like I said, is I'm, I'm all for it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll speak with you soon, hopefully. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. As we wrap up today's episode, I hope Megan sharing her experiences and so much of what she has learned through her journey has helped you in some way. I have to say, I thought I would be really nervous recording an episode with Megan. She's the at-home winner of The Biggest Loser, after all. However, she put me at ease right away and made me feel like I have known her forever. As a matter of fact, she talked with me long after the taping. She is so caring, open, giving, and just simply down to earth. When I originally asked her to be on the Beauty and the Mess, she answered yes, saying if she can help even one person, she would be very happy. But the truth is, she's already helped countless people, and I'm sure her wisdom is going to help thousands more. Of course, that is something I hope and pray for each episode of The Beauty and the Mess, that we help just one person. So I felt an instant connection with her when she said that. She's not only gorgeous on the outside, but she's just as beautiful on the inside. She radiates an energy that is infectious. Her motto is, you don't have to be the fastest, you don't have to be the strongest, you just have to keep going. And that she has. She has not only worked tirelessly on her body, but she has worked tremendously hard on her mindset as well, and she is happy to share what she has learned with us. Needless to say, I'm an even bigger fan after talking to her than I was before. She is truly an amazing human, and she deserves all of the success that she has achieved and will continue to achieve. The truth is, most of us know how to lose weight. We know what we need to do, but Megan shares a wealth of wisdom on how to maintain a healthy lifestyle and maintain that weight loss once you've achieved it. That is something many of us struggle with. We can lose the weight, but keeping it off is another story. Several things stood out to me during my discussion with Megan. One was that she found self-love and self-worth before she lost all the weight, and she had confidence as well. Many of us are still searching for all of those things, and the key to finding self-love, self-worth, and confidence, in her experience anyway, simply started by keeping promises to yourself. If you think about it, many times you might think of how others have let you down, but if you can't keep a promise to yourself, then subconsciously you're proving to yourself that you can't even trust yourself to show up for you. That really hit me, and I'm going to start working much harder on keeping the promises I make to myself. She also mentioned consistency being huge regardless of immediate results. Just keep going and never start over again. Just keep going. And of course, Watching and monitoring your nutrition is always important. She also told us how important it was to find a mentor, a support group, some kind of community to help you along the way. 
She also mentioned not being afraid to ask for help. And isn't that huge? Many of us limit ourselves by simply telling ourselves we can't ask for help or support. Last, but actually the most important, is to anchor yourself in the Word of God. Anchor yourself in the promises of God and Jesus, because God does have a way. You just have to trust and believe. And I would add, don't let the world identify who you are. Find your identity in God. And didn't she hit the nail on the head when she talked about how many of us fall into the trap of romanticizing weight loss? For some reason, we believe that when we lose the weight, everything else is going to magically fall into place, which is not reality at all. Megan's experiences, along with the knowledge and wisdom that she has gained along the way, can help us achieve permanent weight loss quicker than struggling through on our own if we pay attention to what she's telling us. Finally, just remember that none of this will happen overnight. It will be full of ups and downs. But as Megan says, you just have to be consistent and just keep going. It will happen. Believe that. She has done a lot of work, not just on her body, but also on her mind and her mindset. I know I've probably already listened to it three or four times. As always, I hope this episode helps at least one person. And with that, I hope you have a blessed week, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Beauty in the Mess. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas you would like to hear about, or you think you would be a great guest on the show, you can reach me directly at thebeautyinthemess.com. Thanks for listening.